0: This is Habib Siam. I'm sitting on a swively chair and uh, yeah, we're here to do this. Let's go. Uh, I don't know what to expect. (laughs) The Hold the Phone Podcast with Tessa. Yeah, I like
1: that you don't know what to expect.
0: That's no, the it's supposed good. to go. That's good. I was thinking about it on my way here. I'm like, I've never met this person. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> it's close. It's just across the street from Yak Yuck, Yuck, so there's a little bit of, you know, sense of safety. Like I've been here before. Yeah.
1: Well good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. What were you expecting?
0: I don't know. I really don't know because there's a lot of people, clearly. Yeah. From, uh, from the elevator ride up here. That
1: was a very packed elevator. So that was. it was. It a- was
0: a nice microcosm of what Toronto is, because it was everybody. <laughs> it was like white people, it was a couple of Asian people. There was like a there was like a Goth Asian girl, which is like a nice mixture of a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things that probably don't usually intersect outside of yeah. Toronto.
1: Is that your thing? Goth No, that's not my
0: thing, but I'm starting to realize like I don't know. Black hipsters kind of still confuse me a little bit. There's a lot of some of these cultural. I've been in Toronto for two years, and I'm still amazed at like some of the diversity. There's some, you know, there's some cultural pairings and intersections of, uh, you know, of culture and different. It's just like a yeah. hodgepodge of everything. I love. Well, it.
1: we're the most multicultural city in the whole world.
0: It is. Yeah. It Definitely. Which is, is really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so, what's your background?
0: Uh, I'm from Lebanon. I grew up there for, a, I want to say like I've lived in Lebanon for about 15 years. Okay. But over three different stretches of life. Okay. <laughs> you know, like almost like uh, birth ish, like six months to about uh, three, three and a half, and then again from 11 to 14 and 18 to 22. And then my parents would take us back there every summer as well. Cool. So, and then besides that, between North America and uh, different parts of the Gulf. So, I've lived in Qatar, uh, the UAE, uh, and then in the States and Canada. Mm -hmm. But I've been in North America solid for about since 2003, so like 16 years.
1: Okay, cool. Cool. uh,
0: I did the States and then, uh, what was it? Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto.
1: Nice. Do you have a favorite?
0: 15 year Canadian experience. I don't know. I think my favorite in terms of a city and somewhere I'd live, uh, Montreal out of the three. Just in terms of size, pace, I get to speak French a little bit, which is a part. Like okay. I grew up, I grew up, um, I grew up studying in French schools, mm-hmm. right? So that's still kind of a part of my identity. That's kind of shut off here. I try to read in French as much as I can to stay connected to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Toronto is Toronto's awesome. I love it here. I love it here. It's just it's a little bit difficult to just I'm slowly finding my footing and we were talking about this like before we started recording. It's mostly the pace. Yeah. I'm not you like I talk slow, I move slow. And I realize that since I, it's like since I moved here, I just inherently walk faster and talk fast.
1: Yeah. Well you kinda yeah, have to. I mean it's
0: yeah. Right? That, yeah. I try not to I try not to cut through this little I live on the east end of town, I live on Broadview. Okay. So I try not from Broadview to university or maybe even like Spadina Bathurst, I try not to cut through that like between four and six. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> well totally that's like rush hour. Yeah.
0: Like I won't, I won't bike through it. I won't, mm-hmm. you know, TTC.
1: I'm the same way too. Like once I know four o'clock is coming, I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm not leaving my place until at least seven if I'm going anywhere. Like, you know, that's not always the case, but yeah, it's like it's like that gives you that anxiety. You're like, oh, I got to deal with people on a different level right now. Right. You know,
0: it's a lot of energy. Yeah, it's a lot of you know. You catch you catch that person in in that like. 10 to 15 minute window before they go home and kick the dog <laughs> <laughs> and, and that energy kind of rubs off on you in a, in a oh, weird kind of way
1: have you ever seen that happen you ever seen somebody kick a dog
0: Oh, I've wanted to kick a dog, so I just, I just, I never have, I never have, let's not, you know, let's not get too carried away, but I've, cause I've owned a dog and sometimes I guess it's kind of like parenting, like you love, you love the dog, but sometimes it's like, yo man,
1: you gotta, you know. Well, they need a lot of attention, you know? Yeah, they do. And sometimes that gets annoying.
0: And I kind of just projected that urge on, I just assumed (laughs) it was a natural urge that everybody had. (laughs) It's just I feel like I I don't know I feel like there's there's certain things that I mean socially we have to suppress and uh, yeah. maybe I just convince myself that everybody else has those similar urges.
1: Yeah, it's all good it's all good I like your shoes.
0: Oh, thank you. Those are you. fun, and your socks. What thank is you.
1: going on here? Thank
0: you. I don't know. Sometimes I try to be colorful from the waist down, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then neutral from the waist up in general.
1: Okay, is uh, that like strategic in some way?
0: I don't know. No, I think I noticed it. Like when I'd watch video of of stand up, I think because I sweat a lot, so black oh. is just black is just the go to. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's a little bit of a sneaker addiction going on, so.
1: Well, I was going to say, I noticed from your Instagram, too. I'm like, there's a lot of pictures of shoes. There's a lot of pictures of shoes. I'm like, what's shoes? that about? Yeah. But that's yeah. fun. I know a couple people who are sneakerheads, and I, I've always wondered, what what is it about it? Because I, I like shoes, but... Yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's, like, any... I mean, clearly, it's, it's a form of consumerism and escapism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... So there's there's always that emotional whatever emotional aspect that I'm that I'm conscious of. Yeah. But I don't know I've always liked shoes and as a kid like I grew up we were allowed one pair of shoes and that was it. One okay. pair of shoes a year and that was it. Like mm-hmm. church shoes and then your one your one pair of shoes for everything for like to go to school in to play ball in it was just you know that's what it was. And sneakers were just clearly the most functional You know, so when I grew up and had my own money, I'm like, yo, I'm going back and getting all the shoes I never got (laughs) as a kid. And I've always wanted all the shoes and then it just got out of hand. Now it's like embarrassingly out of hand.
1: Yeah, but but it's, I mean, it's fun, right? It's kind of like. I guess a hobby
0: it was it was fun it eats up a lot of my brain space like I spend an inordinate amount of time like thinking of sneakers sneakers I have sneakers I don't have sneakers I want to get how to get them when they're coming out all of that (laughs) um and it's it's just i feel like it's it's wasted brain space but it's also a good way to decompress like i do i do like kicks i do spend time with with uh, as weird as that sounds like mm-hmm. I'll, i like looking at kicks like materials design um and uh is just you get to a point where it's it's abusive Right, you get to a point where it's abusive, <laughs> and so I look at my collection, and it, it's a lot of mixed emotions. Right, it's like okay. a source of pride, but also shame. It's like you know, passion, dedication, but gross fiscal irresponsibility. Like, I owe the bank a lot of money, it's not cool. Um, <laughs> how many pairs oh, do you have? Sneakers. I will not admit that on record. I will tell you off the record. No. I'll let you guess a number, and you can tell from my facial reaction how close
1: 115.
0: You're not even close.
1: Oh my goodness! Yes, I'm scared to ask yeah, another no. number. At one
0: point, I had them all in storage, and I knew like in cubic feet what they were. <laughs> do you rent
1: separate storage space for your sneakers? I
0: did, no, I did. I did have to do that at one point. Right now, I do have a full room full of kicks. Okay, um, like they have their own room, and it's it's always awkward when you're when you're trying to explain to landlords why you need that second bedroom, but you're only <laughs> one person. <laughs> like shoes, talk. Yeah. She was stuck. yeah. Um, no, I spent. Um, Like it's it's weird because I I came to Canada thinking it was just like the two years for my master's Mm -hmm. and then it ended up just like at every turn there was something that extended the stay a little bit. And I was getting ready to leave about five years ago. Okay. Um, I graduated from McGill and things were not, like, the three years post, it had been, no, it had been, like, at the time, like, about a year and a half post-graduation. Mm-hmm. I got a PhD, and I was cool. still, like, unemployed, and I was, like, doing, you know, teaching on contract, running, like, little bit here, a little bit there, just to make a, you know, like, ends meet in mm-hmm. uh, different streams, and I'm like, this can't be it. and yeah. I just wanted to go back home for a little bit. I want to go back home, reconnect, reconnect with, you know, just as basic as it sounds. My mom's cooking. You know, <laughs> that's all I wanted. I, my mom's food for a little bit. And then I started doing comedy. Like, I literally, it's it's funny how, I don't know if signing over my lease, like, I literally, I signed over my lease. I had rented storage space because I, sure, I wasn't sure how long I was going to be in Lebanon. So I figured just put your stuff in storage. Just go home and literally regroup. I was existentially a little bit shaken. I'd gone through like a super bad breakup. So emotionally Mm -hmm. like a little off as well. And, um... Yeah, as soon as I signed my lease over, like the week after, um, I got a call from like uh, a sneaker store. Like mm-hmm. my friend, my friend used to be the buyer for uh, for Off the Hook in in Montreal. Cool. And uh, we had just been kind of shooting the shit once, and I I pitched like a, I didn't even pitch it to him. It was just a project I was working on, like a sneaker series. And uh, I, want, I was thinking about working on it as a book and they offered to do a blog series and host cool. it and host it on their blog. Nice right? So we did uh, 12, um, 12 Montreal sneaker collectors. and uh, every kind of episode was um, a write-up, a photo spread, and a 40 minute like podcast. Sweet. And I tried to pick like I tried to pick a variety of people. I just wanted to show that like 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 sneakers just draw a, like a huge variety of people. But I also wanted to do more than just talk about kicks. I wanted to look at like how kicks influence other. Like my friend's a musician, right? Mm-hmm. So I like what influence that has had on him. My other friends a designer. My friend owns a restaurant. So it's almost the like culture. kicks at the intersection yeah. of all these different forms of culture, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I started comedy the same week. Cool right like it was weird how all of that happened like signing over the lease and then those two like kind of creative outlets that I'd been kind of like literally searching for but yeah. hadn't really found everything came together within that one week and then from then on out I just started buying myself time mm-hmm. I'm like alright let's try this comedy thing for a month or two and see what see if yeah. I even you know I might just do three three open mics and, and stop so I'm not I'm not like you know I'm not making life decisions based on yeah let's
1: try it out yeah see not i feel.
0: Like, I started comedy at 35, Mm -hmm. so at that point, like, a very different time in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, can I ask you
1: what you got your PhD in?
0: Education.
1: Okay. Yeah. And did you teach at all after that? I did. As, yeah. I
0: taught before, during, and after, but I never, I knew from year one, like not even year one, I knew from like the first semester of the PhD that it wasn't for me. Yeah. But I'd already invested so much in the idea of getting one and not just in terms of applying and moving to Montreal, but like everything I'd done in the five years prior, mm-hmm. we're trying to like from publishing to working in academia to all of that was to get me into the school that i wanted to go to Mm -hmm. right and they had turned me down for my master's so it was almost like i'm a little vindictive like that i'm like yo i'm coming back i'm getting my phd yeah
1: exactly
0: but I also knew I could do it in three years, mm-hmm. and I did it in three years. Like I submitted in three years, it ended up, and, and I submitted in the summer, so it ended up taking like an extra six months to actually defend after that. But the bulk of the work was just three years, and I figured if I can do that and get a PhD out of it, it'll be worth it. Yeah, just as a credential. You Why know, not? Social, social capital. <laughs> people people assume it's funny because I, I like I'll, I'll tell people I'm like, "Yo, school makes you dumber." <laughs>
1: Who so. does.
0: It, it's very limiting. It's very limiting. And I think that was like the most frustrating thing for me. And this was also a reflection of my PhD experience. Mm-hmm. But like most frustrating thing for me during the PhD and even after the PhD, like people would look at my resume and they're like, dude, you do too much. Like, you teach media, but you also work in, like, you know, I was doing some stuff for, Mm -hmm. um, I was doing some stuff for for an NGO, and we were doing, like, international development, cultural stuff, and whatever, and they're like, and you do this on the side, so what, like, is too much, you look unfocused, and I'm like, yo, I want to do everything, like, that's what keeps me interested, and that's what kind of drives me to an extent. Mm Mm-hmm. And with the PhD it was the same like in terms of the language, it's limiting. you have to the format is limiting. Like I wanted to get so creative with it and at almost every turn. I did what I could in the sense that like my, my I, I wrote the I wrote the dissertation on a TV show, um, The Wire. okay and what i did was i ended up editing like about 400 scenes that was my quote unquote data mm-hmm. you know that's what would I, what i was analyzing but my i wrote it in an interactive way so that the entire dissertation is embedded with scenes and the point is that you're watching the show while you're reading or parts of the show right. you know, while you're reading okay. but even that like was weird because i'm like the fact that you're handing it in in print format yeah right limits that i had to include um, a CD with all of the video files so that they could watch, but it's not the same experience no. as an online. But they, at the time, I think I was at the cutoff with the electronic submissions.
1: Yes. Right. Okay.
0: But even that is limiting how you're conveying the information. It's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, it's got to be on text. And I'm like, no, nah, I want to show you and tell you. Right. But they're like, no, nah, you got to tell me. And then when I'm yeah. telling you, you got to tell me in this specific language. And in this specific format, like as a third-year PhD student, I, I remember this super clearly because I'm sitting in my supervisor's office and I handed her the chapter and she's like, yo, this is really good and you can use it in different parts of the dissertation, mm-hmm. but it's not a methodology. And I'm, like, and I'm like, yo, dude, I'm on a third draft <laughs> of this and every time you're like, it's not a methodology, I'm like, yo, part of my language, what the fuck is a methodology? <laughs> Like break it down to me like I'm a two year old. Right. You know? I'm like, yo, write the outline for me. Just tell me what I'm I don't understand what you want. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have these ideas, but I have to convey it's almost like somebody telling you how to tell the joke and you're like, dude, but I want to tell it this way. Exactly. And that's what's so dope about comedy is that it's so subjective that there really aren't any rules. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the a lot of the PhD writing kind of transferred over into comedy. That was one of the advantages is um, you learn to write very concisely.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Right. Well, not traditionally academic writing is muddled because it it kind of hides like deficiency in thought, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yes. But my my supervisor was an English lit major, and I picked her on purpose because I wanted to like get become a better writer. Okay. And so she was like, "Dude, you don't need, in my opinion, like you're writing this. It is your opinion. Just jump straight into it. Take I out see. the never the. It's almost like those extra little words when you're writing a joke that either kill the momentum or people have very limited attention spans. Yes.
1: Exactly. Right. So
0: you wanna like you wanna give them the, the just the bare amount of information that they need mm-hmm. to understand a specific point. Everything else is just filler. Uh, yeah. and so that, that kind of transferred over and I think the strength of the fortitude to throw writing away. Right, because my dissertation was purposely short. Like I wrote 175 pages. I submitted that thing. It looked like a pamphlet next to everything else that was on the shelf. I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna pass. Right, right. Um, But I wrote probably 550 pages to keep 175. Okay. It was a lot. It was a lot of. It was a lot of writing. A lot of rewriting. A hard drive crash that was like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That could have been it right there. I almost quit at that point. I'm like, yeah, I'm done.
1: (laughs) And then, um, so what made you realize comedy was like your thing? You said, you know, you went from that to doing that. What?
0: It never, I mean... I never worked up to it in a way. So I I graduated, I graduated, and then like about a month later. And it's weird because I graduated, I was with somebody that, at least in my head, clearly not hers, but at least in Mm -hmm. my head, I was thinking marriage. Yeah. And so it's a weird, I was like, yo, I'm 35, you know, I found somebody I want to start a life with. I finished this, like this Mm -hmm. always felt like a chore. And I finished it. And so it felt like a new beginning. And when she left, it really rocked me. Mm -hmm. you know it really rocked me like hard in a way that i hadn't that i hadn't like i hadn't been shaken like that before yeah like before i don't think
1: right sure
0: and um so for a full year i just I was just so depressed. I was mm-hmm. so depressed. Like, I couldn't be out in public depressed. Aww. Like, you, you know how sometimes you're walking down the street you see somebody <laughs> walking in your direction and they're random, they're just fucking bawling. They're just like bawling and walking at the same time and you're like, yo, why are you in public, man? Just yeah. go home and do that. You know? like you I feel know? like that
1: might have been you know, me a couple times. That, that was
0: me for like, a, <laughs> that was me for a straight year. Oh. Like, I would catch myself. I couldn't be around friends. Like, it did affect some of my friendships. My mm-hmm. friends had a very, that was the most interesting part of it i think was seeing how other people around you react to your own grief yeah right so you're sure. dealing you're dealing it's almost like a matrix of emotion you're dealing with it on so many it's, it was just it was a weird everything was off like i didn't feel like myself time was weird i didn't know like day you know and I used to I used to be a therapist okay so I kind of know I know that you know don't play the story through don't I you know don't idealize don't think of the you know think of the arguments don't just think of the good times work out go out go out put yourself out meet people do this do that nothing it's different
1: when it's yourself it's easy to tell people that when it's in your own head it's a different story I mean I
0: would still do that but I still felt a ways like I'd never been through a breakup where a year later I felt shitty than after it had you know usually time makes it easier with this it was just getting worse and I was Mm. I was like I was like yeah I really don't know what to do and I needed I figured I should just try something that was out of my comfort zone um, mm-hmm. I watch a lot of comedy, and just like anything that you're a fan of, you're like, ah, I'd be dope. You know, like I've thought of playing right. in the NBA, but I've never really considered that as, <laughs> as a possibility. Yeah, you know. But mm-hmm. everybody's been in the driveway and hit the hit the game winning shot of a game seven and sure. done whatever. You know. But then <laughs> it's like, All right, I. Don't know doing steroids yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and so comedy was comedy was just like an impulse knee-jerk reaction i was just frustrated one day i wrote um i wrote to a couple of comedy clubs in montreal cool i was just like yo yeah, is there an open mic like emails and whatever mm-hmm. and um i got a call on a sunday night i got a call on a sunday night from a dude called jason Hattrick who used to work at the Comedy Nest. And he's like, yeah, hey, I got your email, you know, and da-da-da. You got a spot on Wednesday if you want it, and it's five minutes. And I'm like, wait, Wednesday, like, in two days or in three days? And he's <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm like, ah. And part of me was like, yeah, let me ask if I could go the Wednesday after because mm-hmm. I've never really done this before. Yeah. So let's maybe have more than a two-day head start yeah. but, or two-day notice. But I was like, yo, if I ask for that extra week, I'm not doing this. Exactly. I'm like, I will find a million reasons to back out. Like, this is it. And, yeah. uh, and I did it, and it felt, I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you if it was a good set or not. I know it wasn't, I know it wasn't weird, or, weird or anything with the audience. Like, mm-hmm. I got my laughs, um, and it felt comfortable and it was never a, like there was never a lull until the next set like right mm-hmm. away it was almost like i caught a bug it felt it felt comfortable in a very like this is home kind of way or this is this is kind of what i need right now or what i yeah. can't say what i've always wanted to do cuz that would be a lie <laughs> But it felt good, and I never looked back. Like, I started and never looked back. I know people that take classes. I know there's no real, you know, there's no yeah. real people that work up to it, people that, you yeah. know, write, 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 right, and then get out. I was just like, all right, let's see what this you is You knock about.
1: that first one out of the way, yeah. and that's sometimes what you need to do. It's like yeah. you try it, and then you're like, oh, there yeah. you go. yeah. Right? Yeah. So since then, you were just like, I'm hooked kind of in a way? Or? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: it's fun. It's the most fun thing. Mm. It's one of the most fun things I've ever done. It's also agonizing. It's, it's weird because it's everything. Like, literally, comedy is everything in the sense that it, it can be agonizing. I hate everything around it yeah like i hate the whatever the politics is, is a bit of a cliched word yeah, but yeah. Oh, play, you got to play the game man you got to post about this <laughs> tell, tell people man tell tell people show people you know yeah. well, i'm like dude i'll see posts and it's oh fucking awesome show everybody killed i was like yo i was at that show <laughs> it was like three people and we all bombed Aww. and um and so I don't know, I've always just, I've never never really expected to do it, never really worked up to doing mm-hmm. it, and so the goal was always to just get as good as I could possibly get, Yeah. and I think in a weird way, I kind of had the bar set pretty low, because I think I'm like, oh, I could, you know, with a bit of work, like I'm not... I've been doing comedy about four and a half years. Okay, so everything is still new, and everything's yeah. a learning experience. And in some ways, like uh, I'm a little bit behind uh, where I thought I'd be. In some ways, a little bit ahead, and I think it just balances itself out. But mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really hang out. I don't really you know I don't really look to see what other people are doing because I know that it's not all based on merit and you can get into your head and yeah, i I, ha- sure. I spend enough time up there yeah right? like I don't need an extra reason to I don't need an extra reason to just kind of you know
1: yeah drive and, and myself compare crazy. yourself to other people yeah. this and that yeah so do you do you get nervous going up or, or like still or, or Always. at all or Always. yeah, I, yeah. Feel, oh,
0: I feel the my fucking heart beating out the side of <laughs> My throat I feel like i'm about to throw up i can't eat before I need like a solid two hours of, yeah otherwise it's just it's a mess mm-hmm.
1: But that's the fun of and, it, too, yeah, right? Yeah, that is. Kinda? On, on the like sets
0: that. that I've been relaxed, I've usually, usually more often than not done poorly. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just because you kind of take it for granted, I think. But then you just kiss. Sometimes it kicks into, you know, it's just like instinctual. It's just like basketball, where sometimes it's mm. just, when, when the game starts, you just, you stop, it just becomes, you got to react. You got to react super quickly. Like, <laughs> comedy is a very, like, to me, at least, I don't know how, I can't say, like, this is what comedy is or how it is, because I feel like different people process it differently Mm -hmm. but my experience is just there's so much going on in my head at the moment Mm because you're you're trying to read the audience you're thinking about being in the moment but also thinking about like the the, you know the what you literally just said what you're about to say how much time you have left Yeah, I have a hard time still with body like body posture and movement on Mm -hmm. stage so I'm super conscious of that for the longest of time it was just like took me about a year and a half to figure out how to hold the money <laughs> you know, not that yeah. there is a right way, but to figure out how I wanted to or yeah. was comfortable holding the mic. For sure. And and now I'm trying to work on now, you know, keeping like a few, because I, I have to put, I have to rest it again. My first year in comedy, I could see my hand shake. Yeah. And I'm like, the only way to stop this is to just kind of rest it on my chin. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of took. But then you'll be at a show and you'll see a dude hold it down here and you'll see him spit and you'll see uh. part of that land right into the mic knowing that you're next <laughs> yeah and you're like i gotta put that shit on my chin man this you're is like, not you know great. i don't know yo yeah i think that's that's shit that i'm thinking about during my set yeah <laughs> i'm like this dude's mouth germs are in my beard right now yeah exactly
1: um, and where, we, where you, have you played most recently I guess I, well, you were at Yuck Yucks yes headlining there weren't you
0: yes I got to do that at the end of July cool I got to do that at the end of July that's one of the things that came a little bit faster than I expected mm-hmm. just in general I did nice how didn't, did
1: that go for you
0: <laughs> I thought it went well. I thought it went well. All things considered, like I did think it went well. I never step off stage. Like I'm, my my initial reaction always goes to what I could have done better, where I fucked up, where mm-hmm. I this, where I that, and then you just have to remind yourself that whenever you watch a tape, it's never as good as you remember, but it's also never as bad as you remember. You know. Yeah. Although sometimes I have to say, sometimes it is really bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. Has there ever sometimes been moments where you're that you're yeah? Like you're on stage and there's people just are giving you nothing. Like,
0: yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fortunately, those have been all audio recordings. Okay. So I, don't, I don't get to see <laughs> the deer in the headlight look that yeah. I probably have, but never for an extended set. Okay. I've never done like a 2025 20, or a 45 where it hasn't gone mm-hmm. at least moderately well. Okay. You know, there have been some that have just been, it's just middling. You know, you feel like you're putting in work or there's not really a connection or you're off. For like, I never like to blame the audience. I feel like you always meet them there. But yeah, I've been in some shows where, oh, fuck that is the audience. Yeah. (laughs) Not me. Yeah. You know, I've been in some rough shows. Uh, shout out to Jeff Paul, man. One of the roughest shows I did was in London, and I was hosting for Jeff Paul. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he told me on the way there, I'd never, I'd never done, uh, I'd never, I'd never done comedy in in London before. And he told me we were doing four shows, and on the way there, he was like, "Yo." One of these four shows is gonna break your soul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, and I
0: was like, Come on, man, that's a little bit excessive. Like, break your soul, yeah. He's like, One of these four shows is gonna break your soul, <laughs>
1: yeah. Why did he say that? Like, he knew ahead of time, I or you he just knew, had to And, Yo, he
0: was right. He and the first show got off to a very slippery start, and it was a super weird audience, but it you know, uh, you kind of bring it together, and it ended up being like a really fun show, but mm-hmm. I. I was like, all right, this is about as bad as it's gonna get. Yo, that second show was brutal. <laughs> that second show, I woke up the next day wondering if I wanted to continue doing oh. comedy. Like I went I went to the club with anxiety because I'm like, I can't handle two more of those. Yeah. Like two more of those and I'm I'm out. Like, yo, right. it's a good run. <laughs> yeah, I've been in
1: part of an audience sometimes where it's interesting because you know, like people always love me going to their shows because I like laugh at, at everything, but yeah. not because I'm just stupid and laugh at everything, yeah. but I'm, I just, I, I don't know, I just laugh easily. I'm always like, you know, I kind of get people's perspectives and I just have a good time when I'm there. But there's sometimes I've been to shows and like the audience members are just not having mm-hmm. it. They're not having it. And I'm like, well, why are you here? That's my thing. <laughs> I don't understand. And sometimes they get angry and I'm like, why are you here? You could have did any other thing tonight and you chose to be here. Yeah. So lighten the hell up.
0: That's that's <laughs> my thing. I used to I used to think like the audience had to at least give you something, but honestly like I'm learning to appreciate that you don't know what happens on the way to a comedy show. Like, there can be yeah. an argument on the way to the show. There can be something. Now, it's harder to justify on, like, an entire audience level, but mm-hmm. some of that energy can rub off on pockets, at least. Yeah. You know, on pockets of the audience. Yeah. And I had... Um... There there was a couple once that was just, like, they looked like they were having a miserable time. And I could, like, to the point where I couldn't not address it. Yeah. And when I got off stage, somebody was like, dude, like he said, you just don't know what just happened. Like, it could be a, an argument. It yeah. could be she made him come, he made her come, <laughs> you know, to the show. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Yeah, I was just like, let it go. Don't address it. You're either reinforcing it if you're right or you're just creating weird energy if you're wrong. So just, just deal with it. But I have a hard time, I have a hard time, quote unquote, sticking to the script. Like Mm -hmm. I don't like having I don't if if I could go if I could go without telling jokes, I would just not tell jokes. I would just fuck with the audience. or interact with the audience. That's like your thing mostly, I guess. I don't know that it's a thing, but I I kinda I don't know. It it keeps it like a little fresh. It has a certain energy that like jokes don't always have after a while. Yeah. That the the material is super important. Like it's it's the backbone ultimately, Mm -hmm. like when when you're when you're doing like a set for TV, or ultimately, like you're gonna run out of shit to say. I don't care who you are, you need you need good material to fall back on. But right. I like the energy of. At one point, I asked somebody because I remember doing 40 minutes, and half of it was crowd work. Mm-hmm. And then I, it was dope because I, I was talking to I was talking to Ryan, like the booker at Yuck Yuck. So I was like, Yo, did I just cheat? Like, did I just cheat my way through half that set? Yeah. You know, and I just, like, stretch whatever. And I kind of got my head as, you know, as I usually do. And he was like, oh, dude, you do whatever you want. Yeah. And you do whatever you want. And again, going back to that idea of that there really, there's no rules. You're like, I love this. Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, I know what I like and what I don't like in comedy. You know, there's some comics yeah. I like. I don't care for. Not comics per se, mm-hmm. but like styles of comedy, I should say. I respect anybody that gets up on stage. Yeah. I shouldn't say that. You have a... There's <laughs> a, a couple of dudes I would probably have it out with. But there's a... <laughs> I don't know, there's like a weird, I do feel a weird kinship, even though, you know, um, even though I don't really hang out or spend that many time with comics off stage, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of just, there's a certain level of, you know, you do something that I do, and um, and I feel like, even though I think, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this idea of you should say whatever you want to say on stage, mm-hmm. but I think there's should be like, uh, there's, enough, there's enough room. There's more room than people, you know, allow for. I think, right. Ultimately.
1: Do you have a favorite comedian or anyone that kind of inspires I mean, you?
0: Three in no particular order would be Chris Rock, Bill Burr, and Mitch Hedberg. Okay. Um... And just growing up. I think Chris Rock was was who I watched or listened to cuz like I know I'm old enough that we used to have the comedy albums. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? With the skits and all of that. Yeah. And so, those are go-tos in the car. Like, we played that tape, the, the bigger and blacker tape. I think mm-hmm. I played that until, like, that was it. The tape starts stretching and it's, it's done. Um, but those are the three. I've realized that since I started comedy, I have a harder time watching comedy on TV. Okay. Right? Unless it's a huge special or something like, you know, yeah. like the Chappelle special or the Bill Burr special or something that I've been waiting on. Yeah. I prefer going to live shows. And that's been that's been a great part about um, about just being a comedy is getting to see getting a different you know getting a different appreciation like for what uh, what comedy is and what live comedy is because that's really the only yeah. I shouldn't say the only way to consume it but that is the best way to consume it um, which is why I always like video never you never watch video and you're like you could think you have a good set and you watch video and like, ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I hear you yeah yeah Be- I mean nothing beats. Being right there in the moment live right so totally you feel everything it's the energy it's yep. so yep for sure and um, what are you working on now or like is there is there somewhere you are at weekly
0: or? Um, I mean, I'm at yucks weekly just because I'm signed. I signed to them, okay. I'm signed to them, um, I signed with them. That got so complicated to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get, we get weekly spots and then, uh, we get to work like the network of, of clubs nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to keep it close to the GTA because I do work. Yeah. And even though, like, I have a flexible work schedule, mm-hmm. if I go out west, like, I'd like to do a couple, of, like, to go all the way to Vancouver for three days and come back. It mm-hmm. gets tiring. I did that. I did that once last summer, where um, just a fly, quick flight for two days and back, and I was I was oh, wrecked yeah. by the end of it because like, sure. work work takes uh, work takes a lot of brain space too, mm-hmm. right? Like it's. Um, I got to think a lot and talk a lot at work, and so sometimes I get I get to, to stage. So I'm like, yeah, I got to talk some more. And
1: what's your day just, job?
0: Um, I run an education charity, okay. and there's a foundation attached to it. So cool. we run after school programs. Like we develop and uh, and run after school programs for kids. Oh, nice. And the primary focus is. Um, Criminalized youth, like, and it's for prevention and reduction of youth violence.
1: Okay, I like Um, that.
0: We're not public yet. Yeah. So the website isn't up, and there's been no press release and no like major announcement and whatever, but that's coming soon, like, I would say within the next six months. And so it, it feels like actual responsibilities, like, sometimes. It does eat into comedy. I can't wake up and listen to audio from the night before, you oh, know, yeah. as diligently as I'd like to. And those are those are habits that are hard to stay on top of even when you don't have a job. So sometimes I wonder, but it's also it's also not a job that I can give up and at least just yet. And I don't know, it's something, that's something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Comedy's new in the sense that comedy's been, you know, but I've always wanted to run my own educational organization, and I was the first hire for this one. That's cool. So yeah. I got hired as the executive director, and I don't even have a staff yet. I've kind of, whenever I need help, I hire people on contract. But the level of creativity across the board, mm-hmm. and the level of, uh, you know, of trust that, that the board and the people that are behind this have kind of put in to me has also just that's been awesome and I'm not ready to I'm not ready to walk away from that just yet because you learn a lot from like logo design to website design to actually curriculum development Mm -hmm. getting out in the community you know building partnerships with community center figuring out fundraising a lot of these worlds are like they're alien to me like I've never fundraised Mm -hmm. right but it's dope because now I can put on events yeah. Right. And now I have access to like venues and funding, and and I can and I can cross that world with comedy. Like my board knows that I do comedy, and they're right. very supportive of that. Yeah. And uh, and again, I have the flexibility to work from the road. Like I remember taking my first comedy trip uh, while after I had gotten the job, I went to Montreal, and I was there for the, for a full weekend. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and um, so I left Thursday morning. And I kept waiting for my phone to ring mm-hmm. and it never did. And then Friday and I'm like, yo, when are they gonna call to ask why I didn't come to work? And I'm yeah. like, Yeah, nobody's <laughs> gonna call, man.
1: Right. Like I call yeah
0: and that's pretty dope I yeah. can't yeah that's pretty dope and, and the work is the work is fantastic because again there's creativity that goes into that so exactly um, the first program is an audio engineering program and okay. I've gotten to learn like we actually build studios in yeah. community centers nice. right and yeah. build the infrastructure that we need to run the program and that's been awesome because I get to learn about like I've always loved music and a lot of my friends are, are like hip hop artists and, mm-hmm. and just just musicians in general and uh and it's dope to to just kinda learn like yeah, the audio like engineering side of it. Yeah. And learning
1: at the same time and Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And
0: all of that, again, it all weirdly kind of feeds into comedy where, you know, now I have like, if I were to record an album, I understand so much more about that process, about what the mixing is, right. what the mastering is, how to plug right. the mics, what kind of mics to use. And that's all stuff that I learned from like being on the job, yeah. right? In terms of building the studios and be like, why'd you pick this mic? Why'd you do that mic? <laughs> why'd you know this, that? Yeah. You know, we, um, we're doing stuff uh, in partnership with like Trevis, uh, mm-hmm. the Sound Institute. And so just being up there and getting to talk to some of the, you know, taking the kids. Because we work with kids like 14 to 16. Okay, So too young to go there. But we take them there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and being around kids is always is dope. It's that- good energy.
1: Yeah, for good sure. energy
0: because their curiosity rubs off on you. Because yeah. they'll ask you stuff, and they'll ask you stuff in a very unfiltered way, yeah. <laughs> especially kids in a space for the first time. Like we take kids from a um, program we were running it was in East Scarborough, like Kingston Galloway, and we take kids down to the AGO, and it was so dope to see them like react to some of the art mm-hmm. and navigating that space in, in a weird way and seeing things through their eyes. It just kind of helps you step out of your own bubble because I feel yeah. like with comedy, like when I was... I really, I mean, I did comedy, I would say full time the first two years, but like, what is full time when you're two years in? You're not doing that many shows or anything Mm -hmm. of consequence or or generating any revenue. So I kind of feel weird saying that, but I did feel like I was in a bubble. Like, I was around comics, I was talking to comics all the time. So, your ideas, you're listening to comics, that's all you're consuming. Anything else that you're, if you're, if you're reading for material is, it's almost this passive consumption. So it's dope to like kind of traveling is great for material. Cause again, it takes you out of your element and you see things kind of differently. And for I sure. think being around, being around the kids has been great. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. long winded. I felt like that. No, no, just, no. <laughs> I feel like I've been talking for 23 minutes. That's okay. It's good. It's good. I
1: like it. Okay. So where can people check you out online so your instagram is yeah
0: instagram is at h dot s dot uh h d o t s d o t and it's really mostly. i don't know why it confuses people so much it's really just the first two initials like habib siam right it's, it's
1: hard like to say oh wait what
0: habib habib siam yeah yeah okay
1: some people try
0: to pronounce it like dot s dot they're like what the fuck and I'm like, why are you? just—I don't know, man. This is why sometimes I don't. Know, sometimes I feel like. Anyway, I, I get—I get it now. It's all—it's
1: all good. Makes sense. I
0: don't know if it's a cultural thing, <laughs> but I don't know. I tried to. I that—that that was weird because when I when I um I never I was never on social media before comedy, and again, like taking like taking you out of your comfort zone, um. I joined social media for comedy, and I used to teach at the time and didn't want, didn't want any of my students to look at me up. Yeah. Right? So on exactly. Facebook, I'm h.s. Okay. You know, on Instagram, I just ended up using the same handle. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I was, I was doing a show at Comedy Works in Montreal, and I was doing some crowd work, and there were these two girls in the front row that were from, uh, they were studying at McGill, and I told them to drop out. <laughs> right? And we were just kind of having a little bit of fun yeah. with it but then like literally a week later i started a new course and it was this master's class and these two girls walk up to me i didn't even recognize them but they were like you are a comic yeah I'm like, oh my god no where's this gonna go and they're like you told us to drop out and i'm like <laughs> oh fuck now i gotta teach you for a whole semester oh you my god that's hilarious yeah, I kind of do a little bit encourage people. I, I wouldn't say I encourage people to drop out, but I'm like, yo, get done with this as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, I don't think there's been a master's student that's come to me asking if they should do a PhD where I'm like, yes, you should, you know? Yeah. Um, but whatever, that's that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> stay Stay in school, all you kids out there, don't drop out on yeah. my account.
1: Amazing. Well, thanks for coming by. I
0: had a good time. I did, too. It's good
1: to get to know you.
0: I did, too. Yeah, this is, I, I don't know if I said it in the in the recording or if, if it was just before, but you just kind of, we never met, and you immortalized, like, however long it's been our first hour or so yeah. of interaction. So. Unless it's just been 15 minutes, and I'm high as hell. I, I, have, I have no clue.
1: What is going I'm on? I'm like,
0: yo, it's been nine minutes? That's <laughs> like when you're bombing, and you look down, and you're like, oh, man. For four minutes, I ought to be up here for another 11. Yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) All right, Uh, cool. Hey, bye.